At only 25 years of age, today's guest knew since the time he was in college that real estate investing was his calling. From his dorm room, he completed his first out-of-state fur project with $40,000 from his father. Since then, he and his family have completed over 200 real estate projects and currently own a $14 million real estate portfolio. They've also helped create $50,000 a month of cash flow for the clients of martelturnkey.com. Welcome back to Crushing It in Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Tan, and by the name of their company, you might have already guessed that today we welcome Antoine Martel to the show. Hi, Antoine. Hi, thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you for being on the show. Do you want to let the listeners know how did you get started in real estate? Sure. So yeah, like you said, I mean, I started, I'm 25 years old right now living in Los Angeles. I started about five years ago when I was like 20, 19 or 20 years old. My brother took me to a real estate investing seminar with my dad. We learned about fixing and flipping, um, wholesaling, apartment buildings, all that kind of stuff, all the different ways to invest in real estate. And then kind of from there, I got addicted and I just kept listening to podcasts, reading books, and then networking with a ton of people about like, how did you get started? How did you get started? And just kept learning all these stories and ways that other people got started investing in real estate. And from there, I kind of realized and and decided that uh, that I could do it too. I just need to figure out the right way to invest, um, especially with our resources. So for the first two years, I wasted a lot of time by trying a bunch of things that never ended up working, like flipping houses in California, wholesaling in California, all those things that a lot of people start doing. And it's, it's very difficult to get started without a lot of capital. Um, and it's very slow and, and boring in my opinion, because you have to make like 30, 40 offers before you even get a house under contract, right? So um, I began looking at other ways to get started that was a little bit faster. Um, and I started networking with people who were doing stuff out of state. And I was like, okay, this can be a great option for me because I only have 40 grand. Um, I don't know anybody out of state, but I can certainly do the research on the markets out of state. So that's what I started doing was crunching numbers on markets out of state, figuring out which markets would be good for what I was trying to do. And I found Memphis, Tennessee, um, just through networking and then also just doing my own data analysis on the markets and decided my last, it was my last semester of university. I bought a house in Memphis for 35 grand, renovated it for five grand, and then did a cash out refinance on it. And it was worth like 55 grand after. Then, you know, we got my dad, all my dad's money back out of that deal. And then I kind of went to him and I was like, Hey, I can keep doing this after I graduate. If you want me to, I don't want to go and work for somebody else. I don't want to get a job. Let me try to fix, give me like six months. Give me till the end of the year. Let me figure this thing out. Graduated college, six months later after graduating, we had like eight to 10 single family homes in Memphis, all through that Burr strategy. And then I was like, okay, now we had kind of tapped out of all of our money. And I was like, all right, how do we keep scaling this up? And how do we keep doing more deals? And also create, so we had the passive income, but we needed like an active income now. So people started reaching out to us to actually buy our homes in Memphis, uh, turnkey. And we're like, oh, we didn't even know about this kind of methodology or strategy. So we began selling homes in our portfolio to our friends and family, turnkey. And um, that was back in 2017 when we sold our first couple homes, turnkey. And now in, here we are in 2020, we're doing 10 to 15 homes a month in a couple of different markets, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and Cleveland, Ohio. 
Wow, what an amazing journey. And you yeah. started at only 19. I feel like, you know, most teenagers in their dorm room are not looking for <laughs> researching real estate markets, let alone doing their first deal so yeah. how was that like you know um, I don't know if your circle of friends at the time was into it as well but um, I can imagine for some people who might be you know on the younger side and wanting to get into it but maybe don't have the support system like you had you know your brother and your dad was sound like they were both on board yeah yeah they were both on board but it still is like a very personal journey too so like my dad had a full-time job so he was working from like 7 a.m to like 8 p.m and then like after his day then he was either dead tired or just didn't want to do the work or whatever so mostly just dead tired and then he would just go home and eat dinner kind of thing and so but he would always hop on the phone with me or talk about it or talk about new ideas or other things that i was trying or learning then my brother went and tried to become a real estate agent or became a real estate agent in the Bay Area, tried to do that for a little bit, just didn't end up working out. And then um, decided to just join the, join the team and started analyzing deals for us instead. So it was still a very solo journey. I mean, just like, imagine I was waking up before class. So I'd wake up at 7 a.m. My class was at 9, for example. I'd wake up at 7 because it was like nine o'clock in the market and I would start cold calling property managers or realtors or whatever, just trying to build my team. And I was doing that like every single morning, every single morning. And I was literally in my dorm room. And I think my, my roommate had an early class, like a seven fifteen class. So that kind of helped me get up in the morning too. And I, while he was in class, I was just cold calling or working on it. So it was everything before class. And then also after class, I would come back and I would still just be constantly doing it. Um, and I would, yeah, it was mostly my, me and my dad working together on it through those first, first year and a half or two. My brother was going to college and also getting his real estate license as well. Gotcha. Did you find any opposition, you know, cold calling these brokers I'm assuming <laughs> out there, you know, as a 19 year old? So most of them didn't know my age. Um, cause That's all they good. did was hear my voice. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, I feel like that conceals it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did for sure. And and I also like had put in the time to like learn the business. So when I was calling, I was like very educated about what the hell I was saying, what I was asking and stuff like that too. So they really had, uh, they didn't really know what age I was. So that was probably a, probably a good thing. And opposition, yeah. I mean, every I called like 200 real estate agents. I called every single property management company in the market. So I put in the work to find the right person. It took me, you know, 225 phone calls to find the right agent and the right property management company. Right. So yeah, there was tons of no's everything from like, no, the real estate market's a horrible time to invest. And this was like two or three years ago. They were saying, Oh no, the crash is coming. It's a horrible time to invest or whatever. 90% of agents or 99% of agents don't know anything about investing or how the numbers are supposed to look. So yeah, it took a lot of time to find the right person in these markets because uh, imagine you're going and calling markets where people can easily do it themselves like they can go and raise 30 40 50 grand from a friend or family member and go flip the houses themselves it's not like the bay area where, or 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 uh, california right where like a real estate agent is never going to be able to flip that house because they have to raise all the you know all this money and learn about all these different things to do and get the hard money lender etc it's not like a an easy task like it is to to do a project out of state 
Mm-hmm. Right. But I think what you said was so key. You know, it took 200 calls to find the right people, right? So yeah. if you're listening, you want to get started, maybe you're, you know, feeling a little insecure about your age or your knowledge, I would say just go for it because I'm sure like through that 200 call process, you learned too. You said you, you knew the business, so you didn't sound like you didn't know what you were, you know, talking about on the phone. And it's not like you let your age hold you back there. So yeah. Yeah. And then, so that was like, I was cold calling then 19 or 20 years old. And then when I was like 21, 22, so right after I graduated, I think 22, then I was flying to the markets. And then, you know, I was a 22 year old kid flying to the markets. And I had a phone call a couple of days ago where I met in Cleveland, I met like three different or five different property management companies. And then two of them know each other really well now. So the guy I ended up going with he got a phone call from another guy I had met like many years ago when I was 22 years old. And he's like, Hey, how's, uh, he said something about me and, uh, as in like, Oh yeah, I met that kid when, when he came here blah, blah, blah. and, and my guy was telling, talking to him and he's like, yeah, yeah. And the, the guy had thought that we had done like two or three houses together. Like I just done a couple projects cause I was just some young guy. Right. And then he's like, Oh no, we've done over 150 projects together. And the guy's kind of brain exploded. So, you know, it's some people's loss too, for not taking advantage of how serious I was when I went into those markets. But I mean, you, I always got the question of how old I was, even just like meeting with investors for coffee here in LA, always get the question just because of how I look and stuff like that. But it never was something that was like a, re, a deal breaker for somebody. It was more like a, they were more happy and optimistic about it that I was putting in the work so early and I knew so much at such a young age, they were kind of more impressed by my age than deterred away from it. So yeah, you can't let your age stop you at all. Even if you get the question, be transparent about it and more people are going to be wowed than, you know, booing you for, for your age. Yeah, totally. I see it that way too. You know, I think I talked to so many people and their biggest regret is they wish they had started sooner. So you're just yeah. doing what they wish they had done for most people yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yep. 100%. How about, you know, it seemed like, you know, in the beginning, obviously getting started, there was an age thing and like getting up to speed with knowledge. What are some of the challenges maybe you face now compared to before? Uh, now it's just a scaling issue, right? So all the, the easy, I mean, the hard stuff has kind of been taken, well, the hard stuff from the beginning, like building the team, choosing the market, what does the numbers look like? What does the deal look like? Like building a system for placing offers and managing your deals, right? So we have 45 deals in the works, right? So how do you manage that? And how do you get all your nine employees to be on the same page about all those nine projects? You know what I'm saying? So then also how do you manage all the financials and all the accounting and you know you have a million bucks in the bank but 700 grand of that money is going to be paid for rehab bids that are unpaid so how does your cash flows look and all that kind of stuff so all of those big problems that we had just with the early start stages of scaling have been resolved and now it's like okay how do we take this to the next level we're doing 10 15 houses a month how do we do 30 and where do we find those deals? Can we find them in our markets? And so those are the big problems that we're, you know, knocking on the doors of right now is just like, how do we continue scaling? And so that's, that's the biggest challenges that we're having now is just getting to the next level. Keep, how do we keep doubling, doubling, doubling? Yeah. I mean, these are kind of exciting problems to have, right? Yeah. <laughs> you have the capacity to, it's just like, how do we do more? Yep. 
Exactly. Have you yeah, been and then able also to... just go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just getting, and then like also just like the training. So like a whole new thing, like how do you train people? How do you train people efficiently? And then also just the layers of your company. So do you have like a sales manager and then salespeople below it? Or does all the salespeople work together on one singular level? So there's, yeah, many other like actual business things that you would, you know, learn in kind of like a business school that uh, are actually taking effect now. But all the stuff before it for the last five years, we've never had to think about any of these kind of things. It's just more of like get it done. But now mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you need to structure it the right way so that everybody, you know, you can work efficiently and, you know, spend people's time and money in the right way. Right. Have you found anything that works well for you? Yeah, we, I mean, keeping our team small has definitely been a good, a good thing. I think we, we've also been like hiring early. And so what I mean by that is before the work even comes, we've been hiring people so that we can, we have like, you know, a year to train them, get them up to speed so that they can handle 10 houses a month each. Right. So we have been hiring early. We're like overstaffed now, which is good. So like people are, you know, some people are done at like noon and then like we find them other stuff to do. Right. So that's kind of how it is. I think like in any kind of startup scene, it's like you have like eight or 10 people and people are, you know, your, your day to day is not like exactly the same. So, so for example, we have like a couple acquisitions people and you know, sometimes they'll be done like at 11 o'clock because there'll be no deals that came in that day. Okay, then what do we have them do, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but I think that's, that's a pro because now we can train these people so that when things do get slammed, then, and when we do scale up, then these people are already ready to go and start like hiring too late. So, oh, there's 30 deals a day to analyze. We only have the capacity to do 10. Now we need to hire somebody and train them super quick so that we can scale up. So I think that, us by hiring early has been um, has been uh, very helpful. Yeah, I think that's um, super smart. I think a lot of people who are thinking about hiring, they end up thinking about it for a long time. And <laughs> by the time they actually like put out the job description or whatnot, it's like they are already way past that limit where there's like they could have used that help maybe six months yep. before. So yep. it's great that you're hiring early um, before you know that bottleneck even even yep. hits. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. It gives us just the, the time to train them before, before all those deals come through. So they're, they're ready to go when the, you know, when there is a lot of work to be done. Yeah. That's awesome. You mentioned your target markets now are Memphis, Tennessee and Cleveland, Ohio, right? And yep. you have like 45 deals that you're working on right now. So even though, you know, we're in a pandemic, it doesn't seem like it's really impacted your business at all. Nope, not at all. We, I mean, at the beginning of the year when COVID really hit hard, uh, a couple of buyers backed out, but it was like two out of like 25 buyers. So very low amount of them. And they just had like issues with, they just wanted to keep hold of their $20,000 deposit just in case to get over the hump. And we completely understand, let them back out of the deals, gave them earnest money back, et cetera. Um, and, and then in terms of deal finding, I mean, there's been a whole lot of deals for us to snag on because a lot of the hard money lenders just stopped lending. So there was very little buyers in the market. The other thing too that's benefited us is that we're investing in very affordable markets. So a lot of people are investing in very expensive markets. So a lot of these you know, house prices and stuff like that have not gone down at all. Uh, the rents have stayed stagnant um, or have gone up. Um, so I think just investing in these very affordable markets across the country 
um, has helped us as well with the, with the deal finding, but then also just keeping the prices the same. Like um, our ARVs haven't changed. Our appraisals keep getting higher and higher and higher. So things are, things are going well. And I think, uh, the only thing that was slowing us down was we didn't buy anything with, with occupied, any occupied properties, which is probably like 50 or 60% of the market. Uh, just because we didn't want to deal with the evictions and eviction memorandum that was going on. So we we're only buying vacant houses and we still have like 45 deals in the works. So I can only imagine next year, once that ban has been lifted and once the, the, the court system is actually really flushed out and, and working like it's supposed to be, um, then it'll be, it'll be, uh, it's going to be exciting next year once that does open up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More deals, even more yep. deals coming, huh? Yep. <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar, can you explain your business as a turnkey company? Sure. So Martel turnkey, what it does is essentially goes and buys single family homes or duplexes. We renovate them, we rent them out, we put a property management company in place, and then we resell them. Uh, we sell them to our clients. We help them get financing, insurance, property management, all the homes are sold with tenants in place and fully renovated. Um, those homes again are in Memphis, Tennessee, Cleveland, Ohio, and we mostly sell those homes for eighty to ninety thousand bucks. So one of our clients comes in with twenty percent down, sixteen thousand bucks ish, a couple thousand dollars in closing costs. <laughs> couple thousand dollars in closing costs. So we're all in for right around twenty thousand dollars to buy one of those properties. Uh, and then most of our clients, all they need is really a credit score over 680 and $20,000 in the bank. And they're able to buy one of our homes out of state and they're all cash flowing from day one as well. So as soon as they buy the property, they're already making money on their investment. Awesome. And do you partner with property management companies or do you have your own like in-house? Property yeah. So we, manager? yeah, good question. So we don't have an in-house property management company. It's all outsourced. We partner up with large property management companies in each market and they manage our own personal portfolio and all of our clients portfolio. So we're very well integrated with the property managers on the ground. Nice. Do you have some kind of agreement that says like, Oh, after one year you can switch companies or anything like that. So there's actually no, I mean, we recommend they use our property management companies because we know they're the best in the market. Nobody has ever gone and used their own property management company. Um, everybody's kind of taken our recommendation and then nobody even after taking our recommendation has switched, um, even though they're able to. So even if they bought the property and they hated the property manager in the first week, they can just sign a, you know, give a 30 day notice to, to get out of that agreement. So they just need to give a notice to the property manager and, and they can be out of their contract. Nice. Have you helped any investor kind of turn over the property, move on to something else, or is that not part of your business? It's not part of our business, but we have done it a couple of times uh, where we've helped a client who bought a home that had some emergency, they needed to liquidate fast. We give them an offer. Most of the time they don't like our offer. Um, so then we normally help them sell it with an agent or list it with an agent. Uh, and they can try to list it on the MLS. It just sometimes takes a while to get the price that they want. So we've done that a few times. Um, and we even have a wholesaling company now. I mean, yeah, a wholesaling company now that we started in January. So a lot of those clients too that, you know, maybe want to, you know, their tenant leaves and they want to just get rid of it and just want cash fast. We also just give it to the wholesaling company and sometimes they're able to, to find a buyer for their deals as well. Oh, that's interesting. So your wholesaling company is helping you find deals as well. Yes. So that started in January. So I hired both my roommates to start doing that. 
um, taught them a little bit about wholesaling and they kind of took the reins and, and did it. Um, so that, that was starting in January. Now they're doing probably like three to five deals a month and they want to get to like 10 deals a month by the end of the year. So that's what the goal is with that. And pretty much why I started is at the beginning of the year, we were doing like eight to 10 homes a month. And I was just thinking like, okay, how do I go to 30 houses a month? The question I just, you know, we talked about earlier and it was like, okay, I need more and more deals. I'm placing an offer on every single house that comes on the MLS already. All the wholesalers that send me deals, I'm making offers on those as well. So like I can either get on more wholesalers list or do my own marketing. And so I was like, oh, might as well start my own wholesaling company, bring in a couple people close to me that I know work hard and let's see if we can get it done. And so now they're, they're helping Martel Turnkey. They'll, they'll go market, get deals under contract and then send it to Martel Turnkey first. If we pass on it, then they go and share it with other investors around the country that want to buy those homes. Nice little bonus for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it helps. It, it's a win-win for both of us. So they get, they get to learn how to do that, get their whole system, and then I'll help them find new buyers and stuff that, like that for their, for their deals that we pass on. And it also helps Martel Turnkey doing more, more and more deals. And everybody already knows each other. So the whole Martel Turnkey team already knows my roommates and stuff like that. I've been living with them for four or five years now. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. What a way to get your roommates involved in the business too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, you said you mentioned you, you, if Martel Turnkey passes on the deal, you'll help them find buyers too, right? Yep. I'm wondering how you're finding those buyers for the wholesale properties and buyers for your turnkey homes, right? Because like you're doing all of this remotely. Yep. So it's like virtual wholesaling um, and investing out of state. Do you find that any of your investors um, are nervous about that? Not really. We, cause we show them. So that's why like my Instagram has been huge, right? So like I'm showing people on a day-to-day -day basis that it is possible that you can do this, that I'm sitting at a screen here right now. And this is the same screen that I work on all day long. And I sit here from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every single day, you know? Um, so I'm showing, I'm living proof that it is possible. And I, that's how I'm able to get the buyers. So whether it's the turnkey clients or the guys who want to do their own burr or flip or whatever, okay, go talk to the rocket offer. You want turnkey, you know, they're for very different people. Most people don't do both hand in hand. They either are very set on doing it themselves or they work full time and just, they don't have the time to manage that out of state stuff. They just want to buy turnkey. So just by posting on Instagram and sharing with people what I'm doing and what I'm up to, has helped a lot. I also have a lot of people on Martel Turnkey that we've talked to over the last five years that were on our Turnkey list or talked to me about Turnkey at one point, and then now they reply to our emails like, "I don't want Turnkey. I want to do it myself. I want to do it myself." Okay, great. Go talk to Rocket Offer then, or Hi Auto at Rocket Offer, and go deal with him, and and he has deals for you. Then we'll remove you from our marketing list. So we've actually just been we had a pool of these people that have just moved over from Martel Turnkey over the years in our CRM. And I'm like, here you go, Rocket Offer or Hi Auto. Here's a bunch of leads that don't want to buy Turnkey. Here you go. And so it's kind of just been a handoff and it works well because now they have, at least they're getting something, right? So there's no point in them being on our list, just dead leads. We have all these emails and phone numbers and names. Might as well put them to use and help them find deals in their markets. Yeah, that's awesome. You're really, um, you know, making taking full advantage of that list that you have yep and um 
I think something you said is really key too, right? Because I get a lot of people asking me like they want to, or they're thinking about investing out of state, but I think they are nervous about the whole concept of not being able to see the property. Um, But like, I would just say, check out your Instagram because your Instagram is, you know, on point, right? It is so key and you're doing so well. I think it's a testament um, of the things that you are posting, you're sharing and you're providing value and, helping people see that it's so possible mm-hmm. that, you know, you have such a great following. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I try to do. There's no, uh, there's no BS in it. It's, you know, but I think it's just like, uh, there's no other way. Like if you want to invest and you live in LA, okay, you can try, go ahead, but try it for a year, try it for six months and then give me a call if it doesn't work out. You know what I'm like? If you, if you only have 20,000 bucks, you work full time, you got a good credit score. I mean, all the lines in the world are pointing to just buying a turnkey rental and getting at least cash flow. At least you'll make a couple hundred bucks a month. You can mm-hmm. go and try to flip. You can go and try to, I mean, my first, my first hire was Angelica and she handles all of our sales for Martel Turnkey. Uh, her and, and my mom, Lynn Milo Martel. So they handle all the sales for all the, for the whole company. And she quit her, it's a perfect example that I shared. She quit her job. Um, let's just, you can even say that she stayed at her job. She quit her job to go and flip houses full time in LA. So she quit her job. She's now not financeable. She had a little bit of money saved up her and her mom. They went to flip a house in long beach and the long beach house, they broke even, they didn't even make any money. So they invested all their life savings into this deal. Deal took a year and a half she had already quit her job because it's what she wanted to do. And then the first deal that they do made no money at all. And now she's like, shit, I could have just stayed at my job. I could have taken that money and bought turnkey rentals and I'd be making an extra thousand bucks a month with the same amount of money with very low risk instead of wasting a year and a half of my life doing it. Sure. I learned a lot, but like she's not even flipping houses anymore in LA based on that experience. And so that's why, that's why we hired her and brought her onto the team. Now she's financeable. Now she has a good credit score. Now she's saving up to restart the process to then go and buy turnkey rentals, you know? So just the biggest thing is really just looking at your resources that you have, the capital, the time, um, expertise or experience and figuring out what's the best strategy based on those things. I think a lot of people are trying to fit a circle into a triangle and it just, it's not working. Mm -hmm. And look at the market you're in, right? Because some Mm -hmm. people can invest in their backyard, you know, the numbers work. But like for me, I'm in California in the Bay Area too. So it wasn't a matter of like, can I invest out of state or not? It was just which state. (laughs) Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. And then like figuring out a way to like, um, choose those markets out of state. So we have a, we have a new project we're working on. It's called investor dash list. Um, That's a new website we're working on or investor list but the website's investor-list.com. And it, we took all the data that we normally use to choose a market out of state and put it into like a really pretty website that like is actually easy to understand. And instead of going to the BLS or Bureau of Labor Statistics or the Census Bureau and you get like these spreadsheet of 10,000 rows, um, we made it like really pretty and simple. And so we have like an MVP up there now. People can go check it out. But there's more uh, features and stuff coming. So that's the next thing too, is like, how do I, one of the big, the big things, like you said, like, okay, which state now a lot of people don't get past that point ever. 
because they never do the work. So they'll listen to this podcast and they'll, I'll be like, go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Census Bureau and they never, they never even go to the website. Or they go to the website and the website's so bloody confusing because it's a government website that nobody ever does anything with it. And so that's the stopping point for a lot of people on investing and then they just go to the stock market. So I'm trying to solve that problem and make it super simple and super easy. Um, and there's a lot of, a big website is like city dash data that a lot of people use, but even that website is very old and like the data is so damn slow and it's very ugly. So we're trying to make a prettier version with other data that, you know, all the questions that I ask myself before I go into a new market, it's going to answer all those in a pretty format. That's just such an exciting project. I yeah. I can't wait. Do you have a launch date? Because like you said, like I use city data a lot and uh-huh. you know, just parsing through that site. It's like, Oh my gosh, I is know. there an easier way? <laughs> yeah. So the, the website's live now. It's just uh, a lot of the functionality is not working yet, but um, it should be probably in the middle of September. Or so it should be on a pretty good MVP level where you can actually get some good info out of it. And then, yeah, like city data is great. If you need like very granular stuff like the, this, zip code like what's the average income and stuff like that we're we're trying to answer the question of just first of all which market within each market you can then go and like look into different things if you need to or want to most of the time we just leverage property management companies so as long as i know that davenport indiana is a great market to invest in based on the economics then i can call property managers and they can tell me the rest of the story so that's kind of what we're trying to answer with just our website at least which market and which state Awesome. I'll be able be sure to check that out and link yep. that in the show notes so other people can see it too if awesome. they are wondering what market, you know, outside of their own market yep. they want to invest in. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Is there any advice you would, you know, give someone who's just starting out, maybe like think back, you know, five, six, seven years ago when mm-hmm. you were just starting out? What would you tell them? Yep. It's be what I, what I said about a minute ago was match your resources to the best strategy that makes the most amount of sense for you today. So your goal may be to do ground up multifamily construction. And I would love to do that too. Trust me. But, um, you've got to get started with what you've got, you know? So like, I would love to build a hotel in downtown LA as well. You know, that's one of my dream projects to do too, but I don't have the capital. I don't have the people and it's way too expensive right now to do that kind of thing. Right. So it would take, I don't even have enough to do, to do that kind of project. Right. So get started with what you have. So that's what I see a lot of, a lot of issues with just people not getting started as they try to like, for example, the flipping houses in California. So it, it seems very sexy and you watch the TV shows about it and everybody wants to do it. And then they real, you know, these, a lot of these people that are trying to do it have 10 grand in the bank, 20 grand in the bank, um, full-time jobs, two kids, two dogs, uh, and two fish that they feed, you know? And they're like, how, my question is, how are you going to even have the time to manage a rehab project, to find the deal? Where are you going to raise the money for? Like, there's a lot of questions you have to get through. And without that amount of capital and without the amount of time that, you know, the time available to be able to do it, it's possible. It's just very difficult. I would rather have that person go and buy something turnkey or even buy a wholesale deal and just get financing on it or buy something out of state on the MLS, do something else where it's going to take, you know, where, where it matches your resources essentially. So like literally write down on a piece of paper, all your resources you have, and then 
all the different strategies that there are out there. And I even made a post on my Instagram, which was what strategy to, what strategy to, uh, to get started with based on just capital. So just strictly based on capital, what should you be focused on? And so it was like zero to $20,000. It was essentially like keep learning or you can start wholesaling pretty much. Those are the two options. 20 to 50 grand. Okay. Now you can look at buying a wholesale deal. You can look at turnkeys and that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, there's not many other options. Then 50 to hundred K it was like, okay, now you can look at burring properties. You can look at turnkey, etc. And then 50, and then I think it was a hundred thousand dollars or higher. It's kind of all the above. You can look at apartment buildings out of state, flipping houses, burring, you can get into wholesaling, et cetera. But it was just, even just based on that, a lot of people are like sub $20,000 in savings and they're trying to do apartment buildings, which if you look at it, it's like, there's no way in hell you, you're going to be able to do it. You know? Mm -hmm. I love that um, response because I think a lot of people ask me to like, they want to get started, but they're not sure which niche or yeah. they hear about, you know, the next shiny object and then yeah. they're really intrigued. But I always try to bring it back to like, well, what do you like to do? What are your strengths and weaknesses? And try to pick something that's like within your reach now, right? And then like you said, you can have a plan to eventually get into ground up development of multifamily, but be realistic. And that's like, that's probably not right now. If yeah. like you said, you know, you don't have that much capital. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of my things was also like apartment buildings too, and like buying apartment buildings, doing value add, and I'm doing those now. But when I first started and bought that house for 35 grand, I had no idea how the hell that was going to lead me into the multifamily projects that I wanted to get into. But thank God I did just buy something, that little piece of junk house for 35,000 bucks, you know? So you got to get started somewhere and get started in your budget and it's going to lead you to your goal. It's just going to take time because at least now I'm in the game. So I have a house in Memphis, Tennessee that I'm burying can go to every damn networking event, you know, pre COVID and meet a bunch of people and be like, yeah, I'm a real estate investor. I, I have, I'm doing burr projects in Memphis. Now people are at least going to talk to you more and share more information instead of just like, I'm looking to do a ground up development project. It's like, okay, buddy. Yeah. You and everybody else, you know, show mm -hmm. me something you've actually done and let me take you seriously. And I'll go to lunch with you if you're actually doing something and taking action, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you is, I think it's really interesting that you get the opportunity to, you know, work with your brother, your dad, your mom, who I got to meet, by the way, both your yeah. parents and your, now your roommates. Um, what are, you know, some of your goals now? Because it sounds like you have, you know, one side, you have this turnkey business that you run with your family, but you also have your own portfolio, right? Which um, consists of, you know, not just these turnkey properties, but also multifamily. Yeah. Yeah. So for the future, I mean, just keep scaling up Martel turnkey. So all those people you mentioned are working at Martel turnkey or the wholesaling company. So the wholesaling company, very new, the goal is to like, keep scaling that up, be doing 10, 20, 30 homes a month. That'd be amazing if we can get it up. We will get it up to that point. Um, keep scaling up Martel turnkey. We'll probably do like a hundred, 120 homes this year. So then the goal is to next year, you know, how can we double that? Can we do 150 homes and keep scaling and keep growing? Cause again, we have, everybody has a little bit of bandwidth left on their plate that we can take on more and more deals. It's just like, where are those deals coming from and in which market? So continue to scale it up, Martel turnkey and 
keep buying more and more. Um, for the personal side, I mean, we have about a $15 million portfolio in Memphis, which is apartment buildings, about a hundred units. And the goal for those units, we're refinancing out a couple of those now that are fully renovated, that we finished, increased double the rents on them, refinancing those. And then we'll have capital to, to get into more and more projects. So buy more apartment buildings, hopefully next year when COVID is gone. And then, and when the lenders are back, because a lot of those lenders for multifamily have kind of dissipated or shut down for the entire year. So keep buying more and more apartment buildings, uh, keep scaling up Martel Turnkey, and then keep, keep scaling up the, the wholesaling company too. So it's a lot of just scaling and, and then slowly bringing in more and more people into the, into the fold once, once people, people's bandwidth kind of gets diminished, which will over time. I love it. It's like everywhere you look on your goals is growth. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all just scaling. The, the foundation has been laid. It's just now like, you know, and we, and we had like a really bad quarter last quarter and it was kind of like, you know, we all kind of sat down like shit, we didn't meet our goals and stuff, but then we you have to take things into consideration. Like COVID going on, contractors delayed. We're literally like waiting for a whole month for a God, you know, a tap, a, a cabinet to come in for a house windows delayed like you know for months and months and we can't send the inspect you know all these things are delayed delayed so like next week i think we're selling the most houses ever i think there's like 10 houses in one week that are selling and it's all because it's just been building up right so the houses are going to sell it's just when when are they going to sell so um yeah really just keep scaling up and yeah we have the foundation laid it's just now we just need to keep on doing more and how do we scale and get to the next level yeah, I was um, working on a renovation project here in the Bay Area. So talking to a lot of cabinet uh, companies yeah. and they had to shift too because, you know, they couldn't get their supplies in. So yeah. I feel you on that. It's crazy. But, you know, I'm wondering, you have all of these goals to grow, yet you say like last quarter wasn't so hot, right? So I'm wondering what keeps you motivated and keep pushing through, even though maybe you reach some rough patches sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what I was going to explain. So, yeah, last quarter wasn't wasn't that great. We didn't meet our goal or quota, what we wanted to do for every quarter, which is about like 10, which is 10 houses a month. So 30, 30 houses. I think we were like at 24 or 25. So we weren't, we weren't very far off. It was just a lot of things were delayed. So, but we kept looking back at it like, okay, yeah, we did 25 houses, but like three or four of the people on our team are at like 50% of their bandwidth. Like they can all do double. So like looking at it at that, so you're paying all these salaries for people that are you know working half, right? So it's like, Oh shit. Okay. So what if they are at a hundred percent, how far, you know, how many deals can we do? And you know, these people are still in training and we're still adding more and more tasks for them to handle every single day. So it's just going to take, it's just going to take time. And again, just spending the money on, you know, even if we're breaking, breaking even, but everybody's learning and there's an upward trajectory of, of learning and the, you know, the scaling part of it so that when we are doing 30 houses a month, again, everybody is ready to go because we put in the time to, to actually do, go ahead and do it. And that's something that I think I heard Gary V. I, I like Gary V. I follow him a lot. So that's one of the things he was saying too. He was just like, keep, keep reinvesting in your company and invest it into the people. And so, you know, that's what it means. It's like all the profits and every dollar you make goes back into the company and into hiring the right people and training the right people 
So, you know, at the end of the month, your or end of the year, your books may not look all that great, but it's because you've been hiring and training and laying the foundation, laying the foundation, laying the foundation and keep building that stronger and stronger so that, um, you can eventually in three or four years be making a killing and doing a thousand homes a, a year because you spent all those five, 10 years building a great foundation that can't be broken down, you know? Mm-hmm. So be sure to be able to have some ability to delay your gratification. Yeah. 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 I'll be worth it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And even if there was a huge profit year month or quarter, I mean, still all that money would be put into buying more and more houses. There's never been, we haven't taken $1 out of the, out of the company. Everybody just gets paid their salary as a regular employee and boom, that's it. There's been no, no, uh, no owner draws at all. It's all going back in to keep scaling because there's, there's so much more room that we're only in two markets. There's 250 MSAs in the U S. Nice. Yep. So, you know, even though you've come so far and there's still so much room left to grow, I'm just wondering now if you could start over, is there anything you would do differently? If I could start over, uh, yeah, I would have probably just saved two years of my life by just going out of state first and, uh, not trying to do all this stuff in California and in LA. It was, uh, I learned maybe a little bit, but it was more just like a big waste of time. Um, but it was good to, to go through that process to then get me to out of state to realize why I can't and shouldn't and won't invest in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a waste of time as long as you learn something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. So is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to talk about? Um, that's, that's pretty much it. We talked a little bit about the apartment buildings and then the turnkey company, the wholesale company. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And where can the listeners find you? Um, the best place to reach out to me is on Instagram. So my Instagram is at Martel Antoine. I post almost every single day. You can DM me, follow me, um, shoot me a message. I'm pretty good at getting back to people. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Yeah. His Instagram is bomb. So you should definitely, (laughs) and it'll all be linked in the show notes so you can find it there. Thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.